Hi everyone, really hope you're enjoying the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Invisalign Clear Aligners. Do it for you and do it right. This sounds like a motto all of us goalkeepers know a lot about. I'm over halfway through my Invisalign journey and I've always been a bit self-conscious about my smile. I got a personalized treatment plan from a trusted doctor and the peace of mind knowing that Invisalign aligners are based on years of research and experience from millions of patients worldwide. But the improvements have been so much quicker than I could have imagined. I'm seeing my smile change weekly like the Premier League table. Doing it right involves choosing the world's most advanced clear aligner system. The number one doctor recommended clear aligner brand trusted by 16 million people worldwide. Do it for you. Straightening your teeth with Invisalign treatment means investing in yourself. Hand in hand or glove in glove, you get the expertise of an Invisalign provider. Now let's dive back into the podcast. I'm delighted to have him in, uh, currently back at Southampton after a long career, but David Coles, goalkeeper coach. Amazing to have you in, mate. I've watched most of the episodes. I love it. I knew there was someone that was watching. <laughs> I've never played any other position. Never? Never. Never wanted to. I just wait for the ball to come to me rather than chase it around. I trialled at a few clubs. I played a few games. I went to Basingstoke. I went to Billericay. Anyone who wanted a goalkeeper at the time, I was your man. Yeah. I wanted to play. With that, I went into Fulham and I was doing the social work on an evening, unpaid. I really enjoyed it. Ben said to me, where was you Saturday? And I went, well, I was working. So he went, you're either coming full-time or, or not at all. And I went, right, I'll go full-time. I got a call from Harry, he said to me, I've just got rid of my goalkeeping coach, he's going back to France. Yeah. He, he couldn't have landed any, any better, better than yeah. what it did. Yeah, Asmir's career wasn't by chance, it was by me saying, listen, I, you can have my job because I believe that he was right for that time. Yeah. And he proved me right. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Uh, today I'm delighted to have a guest in that uh, knows pretty much everything about goalkeeping and I'm sure he's got quite a lot of opinions we've I've already learned about. I'm delighted to have him in, uh, currently back at Southampton after a long career, but David Coles, goalkeeper coach, amazing to have you in, mate. Thank you, Mark. No, thank you pleasure, for coming Pleasure in. coming. I've, been, I've watched most of the episodes, I love it. I knew there was someone that was watching. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great pod- podcast and it's um, something that's really dear to my heart and I just can't wait to get them gloves on afterwards. <laughs> and we, there's a couple of footballs over there Yeah, somewhere. we're going to do a bit of diving around oh, after. Yeah. Obviously, like we were saying before, but you, you're still hugely passionate. You still miss playing yourself and that and that drive and that determination is the reason why you're still in the game to this day, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, as I said to you earlier on, I really miss not playing. Um, I find it... Um, that's crazy, and you're only 23 no, years old. I know. I even, yeah, 23, I wish. <laughs> oh, what a career I've had if I'm 23. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I even dream it still. Yeah. You know, I dream playing, um, making saves and that. It's just something that from an early age of five, I've always had in my blood, and I've never played any other position. Never? Never. Never wanted to. I just wait for the ball to come to me rather than chase it around. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just just a passion. Yeah, it's a different sport though. When, when I say this to a lot of people, but like I don't think we're footballers. Like, we're goalkeepers. We're special. Like it, yeah. it's what makes us unique. It's what makes our personalities so different. Is that that understanding? But obviously, for you to have done it from five years old, still be like doing it now, and still saying that you're missing playing is incredible. Yeah, I suppose it is. I mean, uh, I've spoken to older goalkeepers than me who don't really miss it. I've spoken to goalkeepers once they come out who don't miss it. They go into other things. Yeah. But, um, I love being on the grass every day. Uh, I used to love getting muddy as a kid. Um, I was sort of born in London, just over the 
other side of the river in Wandsworth and we had a, a road with a little bit of a grass verge and um, I would go over there and make people take shots at me and um, I, I actually went past it a couple of months back now along, uh, and it's still the same, Is it, yeah. same tree, yeah. still growing um, but there's not a lot of mud now, yeah. it's just all grass where yeah. no one uses it. No one uses it and no one's out on the, uh, around the parks or down the garages or it's whatever shame, it was. Yeah. Do you think that sort of like the the tougher upbringing obviously reflects in the type of goalkeepers that that era produced? Do you know what? It's a good point. I mean, um, I lived and died it. Mum used to leave the key in the door for me to get in. Um, we'd go. I'd make people take shots at me from every angle on this piece of grass. So we had like a grass verge, and then there was a road, and then there was a pathway. And I put the tree down, put the coat down, as you always do made the goal and it was just like shot stopping for me really. yeah yeah um but i was always out playing football we'd play drains across the road we'd have a road two little small drains we'd have a tennis ball and, yeah kirby um, for me it was it was it was fun it's yeah. fun and then when it when i grew obviously when i grew older and i i um i um developed a passion for it and i got picked up went to various clubs arsenal included I never took the fun out of it because it, it became serious fun because I was earning money at it. Yep. I was getting paid for what I loved doing, but I never took the fun out yeah. of it. And um, That's the most important thing, though, is to, to always remember why you did it in the first yeah. place. Yeah. It's just that you used to love diving around and getting dirty. Like that's One of the biggest memories of mine is just getting dirty and sitting in the boot on the way home because I was that <laughs> covered in mud. I know you yeah. can't do that now, but like, it's, I still... Even if I'm going through a bad period of my career, I'll go back to that moment in my head and go, that's why I started it. I used to mm. love that. I was unique. Yeah. And I was like the idiot that went in goal. But obviously now that's like goalkeepers are a bit crazy and that it's just because we're not as well understood. Yeah. Go back to what you just said. Are, are goalkeepers crazy now or are they more educated? Because, yeah, I mean, I used to do, I still do stupid things. My <laughs> life hasn't changed. I'm still the same person I was when I was five. Yeah. Um, but... When I work with certain goalkeepers now, I wonder if they are crazy. They've got that mentality because yeah. I think mentality and the psychological bit plays an awful big part in you growing up and becoming a goalkeeper and remaining a goalkeeper, I think. Yeah. But then like, on the flip of that, like the older, say like the Oliver Kahn's that used to have this persona and he carried it through, but then you go to someone, say Peter Cech, for example, that's clearly very educated and mm. doing a great job, obviously, at Chelsea and stuff like that. There's... Is there a right and a wrong, or like no. obviously in terms of keeping goal, it's a total different aspect because you both everyone keeps goal in their own way. Of course, but obviously we're all different, aren't we? Yeah, and that's yeah. the hardest thing to judge. I don't think there's a right way or wrong way of keeping goal. I think there is a way, and it's usually your way. I don't coach everyone to be robots. Um, you know, your size is different to mine. Mine's different to David James. I could go on and on. Yeah, but everyone has their own their own technical um, points that they um, they develop over a period of time, like growing up from from the age of five right the way through to 21. And then I think that becomes a, a little bit of a cut-off point. Yeah. Um, and then you, you're fully grown and you've got your own sort of style of, or the way that you play, really. Yeah, 100%. You've got your own capabilities and you can do them to the best of, of your course. ability. And it's about trying to improve the rest of it to go along yeah. with that. But like you're saying, once you are fully developed and become more of a... A grown up, more responsible person. That's mm. when you know if they're going to make it or not, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's always difficult. Do you know what? I watched your show a couple of weeks back, and um, you had the, the Simon and Stuart Moron. 
love Simon, love Stuart, I know, but I had Simon at uh, Southampton and a uh, bit of a true story. I'm going off the, the, the path a little bit, but um, I was out in India when he put a bit about leaving Southampton and really being upset and crying on the way. I actually texted him and rang him because I felt so emotional. I was in India, stuck in India, and I thought, I didn't realise, oh, no, like I've got to text him. Yeah. So I texted him and just said to him, I'm really sorry, Si, because yeah. I released him at 13, but yeah. he went on to have a great career, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, so going back to your point, yeah, I think yeah, goal- goalkeepers are unique. They're different. They come of age at certain times. Yeah. And sometimes they might not be ready for you, but they might be ready for someone else in two or three years' time. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to go back to a, a couple of quick fire questions. Oh, I will well. start off with this. Uh, catch or parry? Oh, catch. <laughs> I love the catch. disappointment in you. Yeah, boys. catch. Tea or coffee? Clearly coffee. Oh, yeah. I love a coffee, yeah. A bit like David James. If I upset David James, I'd buy him a coffee at the airport. Is that the only way of cheering him yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Play short or kick it long? Kick it long. Yeah. Without any doubt. Uh, kick it long, yeah. Sometimes you've got to affect the back four. You can't always keep playing short and inviting pressure. Right, uh, who's your favourite ever goalkeeper? Oh, wow. What a question that is. I can go back to Lev Van Yashin. Yeah. I can go back to Sepp Meyer. I can go back to Peter Shilton, Ray Clements. I would have to say my the man that changed it for me... Was Seth Meyer? Yeah, yeah. I like. I I like. I actually like the German goalkeepers. Yeah, I like their mentality, the yeah. way they train. So yeah, Seth Meyer. There's been a load of German goalkeepers over his, like in history. Anyway, mm-hmm. like obviously with yeah. Oliver Kahn, Jens Lehmann, Jens changed Lehmann. the Premier League. Yeah, like yeah the I way agree. he came for crosses yeah. was uh, like no one had ever it. seen before. His mentality. I managed to work with him, but mentality for come for crosses was. I'll come for 10 crosses per game. If I drop one, I drop one. But I can catch nine of them. I can start five counter-attacks and we'll score two or three goals. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Wow. It just blew my mind. Like, just that yeah. one sentence of like, Harry thought about the game. It's like... It, it's, it's crazy. He's put it in perspective though. I mean, David James was a bit that way as yeah. well. Um, I mean, he would charge and catch everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you obviously, you take that to, to Neuer. Wow. The, yeah. The true sweeper-keeper. Of course he is, yeah, like, yeah. Just total bravery, but of like utmost respect of how he kept goal and would yeah. help everybody out and not yeah. just himself. No. I saw Neuer at 18 at Livingstone. I went to watch Andrew McNeil play. They played the German under-21s and he was in goal. When yeah. I come back, Gordon Strachan was the manager. He said, how did Andrew do? I said, no, take this kid, Neuer. Yeah. I said, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was before his time. Yeah, way before it. Yeah. Way before. Yeah, good goalkeeper. Right. Uh, who's the best keeper in the world right now? Good question. Um, I'd have to say I'm a fan of Edison because he does keep, but I'd have to go Alisson. Alisson. The two Brazilians are just yeah, so far like, ahead yeah. at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they've had some producing good goalkeepers yeah. over the years, in recent years, like Dida. And, Dida, yeah. Yeah, and, and even Gomez. Gomez yeah. at Tottenham. Yeah. He changed it. He's a total different great specimen. Great shot stopper. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah. Just his first year at Tottenham was the hardest thing. I'm a Tottenham fan, and the way he'd try and come for crosses, he mm. was like he was too naive for the Premier League. Yeah, and he, he must have been able to get away with it before, but that first six months must have been quite grounding for him. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he just turned into an incredible goalie for Tottenham. Yeah, uh, I mean Tony Parks had him, and Tony Parks, yeah, yeah. They, they built a good relationship. And yeah, Tony got the best out of him, I think. Yeah, 
Uh, right, long sleeve goalie kits or short sleeve goalie kits? We had this discussion yesterday, so long sleeve all day long. Yeah. Um, yeah. No tights. You can't wear tights in a game. No, I'm glad you said that because um, I hope someone's listening to that. Uh, but yeah, short sleeves, no, no go. Um, shorts, I would never, I played in bottoms once. We played at Molyneux, <laughs> I got beat 5-0, I never wore bottoms again. No, yeah, just do, or no one does wear bottoms now, thankfully. Black boots? I like white boots. I was was talking to Joe Murphy about this last week and I was saying that in white boots, I feel like I'm a bit quicker and I can jump a bit higher. It's just a psychological thing when you look down. It's like I'm not in my school shoes anymore. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So like, and that's all it is. That's like that. My mentality of that was like, I just feel that little bit, especially as I'm getting older, I need that little bit of a psychologically maybe of like, to stay young, to stay fresh. Okay, I get, oh, yeah, I get that. I mean, there's not many. I mean, there's a load of black boots come out in recent months, yep. but um, yeah, I've always black boots, um, gloves, whatever your prefer- preference. And looking around here, <laughs> I'll have a field day. <laughs> there's a lot of colours and variation. <laughs> right, last one. Right, uh, it's the last minute of a game. You can save a penalty to win the game, or you can go up and score the winning goal. Which one are you doing? Save a penalty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'd love yeah. to score a goal, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, not for me. Um, saving a penalty uh, was always a big thing. Yeah. Um, going back over my career, I saved quite a few, I'd like to think. Um, especially in penalty shootouts, I used to... Yeah, Thrive off them, them, yeah. Yeah, love them. Yeah. Love them. There's so much... Uh, it's, it's such a change, obviously, in pressure, the, the way that... It's, it's almost fun for a goalie, a penalty shooter. I think you, so you too. Don't, I don't think yeah. you get the pressure of, obviously taking a penalty is immense pressure. Yeah. But for us, it's we're not expected to save them. So I'm like you, I've, I've always enjoyed penalty shootouts. And like even like the, the aspect of when they're doing their long walk-up, you'll probably look at a goalie and you'll see them smiling mm. because they're like, well, I'm going to save your penalty and it's going to ruin your day. That, yeah. that 50-yard walk that you've got now to pick up a ball, I'm going to ruin your day. And it, yeah. it's like a, a fun, immense feeling. Yeah. When I was at the England under-18s, after we had friendlies um, up in uh, Derbyshire. And afterwards, they put on the penalties. Uh, they had like, win, lose or draw, it didn't matter. Yep. Because they were friendlies, they, they actually encouraged to have like five penalties each yeah. and see who won. Um, it was good for the goalkeepers. Yeah. I had, luckily, I had James Trafford, um, Nathan Broom, and Louis Molden. Yeah, so Louis yeah. Molden, yeah. good keeper as yeah, well. Good yeah, good keeper. Yeah. yeah, some good keepers. Right, you, uh, in your career, you end up amassing over four hundred games as well. Mm. Uh, and you've, con- I wouldn't even like to hazard a guess how many games you've coached. I don't even look at that to be fair. No. No. Obviously, to, like I was saying before, like you started your career almost at Southampton, and then you're still back. You've gone back there now. You're coaching yeah. your journey and that. Yeah. Uh, you played obviously at all levels and you played a lot of non-league games and like what do you put your success down to? Just hard work, determination or character? I've, I'd like to say character personality. I've always walked into the change room and enjoyed my time um, with everyone that I meet. I enjoy, even with the 18s now, we've got a good manager in, in Callum. Um, he should be higher than what he is because he's got so much... Um, knowledge and attention to detail, which I like. And um, he uses my experience. He'll close the door and say, Colsey, what do you think? And we'll have a discussion, which I, you know, I thrive off of. Um, but I think hard work is the biggest thing. I think I was always a good trainer. Anyone come to challenge me or I was coming back from injury, um, I've always kept myself fit, extremely fit. 
Um, I haven't put on weight since I finished in 97. I can honestly hold my hands up and say, like, I weigh myself this morning, I'm still the same weight. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I would say hard work. Yeah. 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 Uh, how's, uh, how's goalkeeping changed throughout the oh, generations? Wow. wow. It's a big question, this. Yeah, it, it's a massive question. The, the back pass coming in the 93 yeah. season, yeah, I struggled. I must admit, I'll hold my hand up. I've only got one foot and that's my left foot, so my right's for standing on. Um, but, yeah, I think I struggled quite a bit playing in that era to yep. start off with. We had a manager who started uh, wanting to play out from the back and caused me a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, but I think that we were of an era that was sort of coming to the end of it. Yep. Um, and the new, the new breed were coming through. So, obviously, I'm... You you were of the catch it and kick it era, really, weren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. And stop yeah. the ball. It was no matter what yeah. your life depended on, you had to stop the ball going in your net. It was personal, weren't it? It was personal. It was coming off. I, I mean, I don't like seeing goalkeepers not want to keep a clean sheet anymore. Yeah. I hate that um, because the simple reason is that's why I went out to play. If I come off with a clean sheet, I'd done all right, um, but I, hadn't, I I might have a few errors in that game that I thought. Could have done better. Um, but, yeah, certainly p playing and keeping a clean sheet was massive. Kicking it, um, I weren't a great kicker. It was always a half volley. It was into the channels. I had two wing-backs that would... The dying yeah, <laughs> the half volley. I'm actually getting our young lads to practice it. See, I, I do it now in training, and it blows the young lads' minds. Oh, it's brilliant. So, like, I've always been pretty handy with my feet and that, and my distribution's always mm, been pretty yeah. good. So, like, I love serving the goalies. It's like I thrive our sessions on my service because mm. it will drive a session yeah so then that, when we do long kicking and that and then i'm still be i can still hit the ball 70 80 yards on yeah. a half volley and pick someone out they're like it's, it blows their mind yeah because they've just not seen that it's a new art it's a it's an old art but i'm trying to bring it back a bit so am i so we've got two one uh singing off the same image sheet yeah um i i just think that it's just a when you get a wind and you want to go quick um if you hit this sidewinder tends to spoon up and spin Spins back up in the air. and comes back at you. Whereas if you go below the radar, the r is a great kick. Yeah. yeah. See, like the, the art of dealing with the wind, especially for distribution, that, this is what like I love and one of my roles I take on that is how to educate goalies how to kick in the wind because mm. obviously it's, it's a hard technique and obviously that low ball flight only suits certain goalies. Yeah. Not everyone can do that kick. Yeah. And like, so I was having this chat with our goalkeeper Arthur the other day about kicking through the wind, not kicking directly into it, yep. changing where you put the ball in a six-yard box exactly. and hitting the ball on an angle mm. because you're actually using the wind to steer the ball yeah. into your like the, the desired location instead of just, I hate the one where a manager says, I want you to kick it on the right-hand side and kick it down the right-hand channel. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's directing a headwind. No yeah. matter what, I'm only going to get it to the halfway line at most. Yeah. But if you change the line of that and put it on the other side of the six-yard box and kick that same kick... You can kick it at 70 yards. It's bizarre. But like I was, so I was having this chat with Arthur and it blew his mind. We started working on it the other day. He was like, I never knew that before. No one's ever broke that down for oh, me. That's great. Yeah. That's experience, isn't it? You know, well, I mean, it. it's passing on your experiences um, to you, yeah. to the younger goalkeepers that you have in your, in your charge. And I think, I think all senior goalkeepers should, should do that. I think I certainly talk about half volleys and, Low trajectory and keeping it under the uh, the airline, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, moving the ball. I mean, most of them spot it in the middle, or they get the centre half to play it, and by the time they kick it, the wind's coming full on. But 
if the ball's if the wind's coming from left to right, why not change it? Yeah. You know, or right to left, you've, vice versa. You've got to make the most of how you know how to play that condition. Yeah, and obviously where a lot of us are manager led because yeah. they pick the team at the end of the day. But if you if you don't perform well anyway, they're still going to take you out of the team. So you need to just do what you can do to the best of your ability. Yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good question, isn't it? Do you have a goalkeeper that goes in and kicks fifty good kicks or great distribution? Yeah, he lets in four every week. Yeah, that's the difference. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah because I, I think the art of goalkeeping is keeping the ball out of the net. Yeah, that's that's my that's my that was my one desire. Yeah, it's what I'm encouraging our goalkeepers to do at Southampton. Yeah, um, if you've got that and you're not a bad distributor, uh, distributor, you'll have a career. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, right, I want to go back a little bit to your career then. Okay. Obviously starting out in Birmingham. Uh, well, done your homework. Yeah, of course, I always <laughs> do my homework and that. But like like I said, to, to have amassed the amount of games that you had, but yeah. obviously the grounding that you would have got at, back at Birmingham would have been, obviously, would have steered you in the right direction. But it's obviously, it's a tough, tough place to obviously grow up and play. Birmingham was a great place back in my day. We had... Um, Many internationals, Frank Wormington, Archie Gemmell, Colin Todd. Um, we had Tony Coton, Jeff Whelan's in goal, uh, Neil Freeman, myself, and a young lad called Neil Fossil, um, who was just underneath me coming through. Um, Tony Coton was a dream to work with. Yeah. Yeah, he was a top keeper for me. And he was someone that I sort of modelled myself on why I worked with him, because he, he was unique. Yep. You know, he was, he had character, he had, personality and he affected people in front of him yeah um i also grew up with a famous five you know um howard gal yeah. mick hartford yeah robert hopkins so oh, yeah Christ. yeah mick hartford they'd look after you wouldn't they what an handful we was yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember getting smashed in a training session ron saunders had come across he bought noel blake and um mick hartford we were in a session and he said we're gonna do some set plays he said put the young lad in goal me yeah so i got in goal and i've got Mick stood one side of me and Noel stood the other side. Shouty keepers went for the cross and that's all I remember. <laughs> they smashed the hell out of me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good days. Yeah. But growing up in Birmingham was, um, there was mainly all apprentices come from London. Yeah. So we had the likes of uh, Gary Fillery, who was Mickey Fillery's brother, yeah. played for Chelsea. So, yeah, we had some good, good players. Yeah. So we'd all travel in. So it was carnage. <laughs> um, we lived in a house in Small Leaf. Uh, we all travelled together, we all went home together, we all ate together, yeah. and we all had each other's backs. Proper family. Proper family, yeah. Yeah, yeah really unique. Yeah. And um, some of us made it and some of us didn't. Yeah. Um, I ended up moving on then from, from Birmingham to Mansfield because I wanted to play. Yeah. I was eager to play. Yeah. And that's always, uh, I say this to, uh, to all my guests, but every goalkeeper it's so hard because only one of you can play but yeah. you're all striving to get as many games in as possible yeah. and like obviously yourself you, you, you bounced around at quite a few clubs and that and mm. like at Mansfield trying to get games but uh, and then you went out to Finland as well wow yeah yeah I went to a club called HAK Helsinki yeah. um, so I I was coming to the end of my contract at Aldershot went on loan to Newport County um, did quite well and then I had an agent come up to me after one game coming out of the uh, change room she said to me oh, David Cole so I said yes so he said um, I am from Finland so I went oh okay so he said we'd like to uh, to get you over to um, to come and compete with our uh, goalkeeper which was a lad called Marky Pamarus um, and they had another lad there called Seppo Felt 
Okay. Um, the club was a good club, so I went out for two weeks, enjoyed it. Me and my, my wife now, but my girlfriend then, uh, we said, let's have a go for it. So I went out. I went out as a number two. Yeah. Uh, the boy got injured. Uh, Marky got injured, done his knee in, and I just took over. Yeah. So luckily enough, we won the league that year. I played in the European Cup, which is Champions League Yeah, now. it's Champions League now. Yeah, That's so, what I wanted to bring over to yeah, you. Yeah, amazing. I got, I got, um, we played Porto, and we won. We were 3-0 down from the first leg. I didn't play first league. Otherwise, it might have been a different story. Might have been four. Yeah. <laughs> or five. <laughs> um, it was a win that night, so I wouldn't have been able to kick it anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, what happened is uh, we got back to Helsinki, played them in the National Stadium. We went 2-0 up and then it was all charged. And then I had to boom the ball because yeah. we were chasing the game to, to get back to 3-3, but it never materialised. Yeah. And um, played against some good players that night. Bayer played in goal. Bayer? Bayer. Yeah, uh, Gomez played up front. But I kept a clean sheet, so 100% record. I'm quite proud of that, That's really. really good. Obviously, like when you first heard about that initial like going out there, to then have obviously played in the equivalent of the Champions League now, mm. it's, it's a hell of a story. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is, On really. reflection, I it's just... I, I, you don't think of that, really. You just... I just wanted to play. Yeah. So when he got injured, I thought, right, my chance, my turn. It's just another opportunity yeah. for you. Yeah. And I played against some players out there, like Sammy Ibby was out there, and yeah. some, some good Finnish players. And then, obviously, years later, Niemi played for yeah. for HJK. So, um, and even at Southampton now, our um, women's manager, um, she played in Finland. She played at HJK no year after me, I think. Yeah, small so, world. Right? It is a small world. Yeah, Football, is, yeah. Football's, uh, yeah, it is a small world, but it's, uh, it's a nice world. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously coming back to England, uh, I want to talk about towards the end of your career when you became a teacher, but oh, you wow. carried on playing. Obviously, you retired from full-time football, but became a teacher. That transition period, is that a strange period? It was difficult because we just had uh, my first child, Rebecca. Um and I just said to my wife, listen, I'm at Fulham. I'm getting month-to-month contracts. It's time to do something else. And yeah. she went, well, it's up to you. You know, you do what you need to do. Um, and I got offered... Uh, I actually went into a car dealership and got a, do- a job in Ford, in Reading. Yeah, yeah. While and playing? In the pre-season, the yeah. summer. So the summer from leaving all the shop to go into Fulham, um, Alan Dix was the manager of Fulham. Alan Dix rang me and said to me, look, I'm looking for another goalkeeper. Jim Standard was the first team keeper. He said, I'm looking for another goalkeeper. Will you come in and have a trial? I said, yes, no problem. So to keep m- the money coming in and also see whether I wanted to do something different, yep. I went into car dealer. I didn't sell a car, but <laughs> the, the headmaster came in of the school at the time. And yes, this is a true story. He sat there and he went to me... Um, I'd like to buy a probe at the time. The probe was like the in car, and I thought, well, hey, you've got that money. So he said, I'll, 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 you know, I'll, you're, not, you're not interested. So I said, not really. I said, I'm going to Fulham for a trial. He said, what'd you do? So I said, well, I've been a pro footballer. I said, I've just taken this on the off chance, see whether I like it. If I don't, he said, what do you think? So I said, don't like it. He said, I'm a headmaster at a school. So I went, okay. He said, it's a special school. It's EBD, so Emotional Behaviour yeah. Disordered Children. Why don't you come across and have a look at that? So I said, all right then. So uh, with that, I went into Fulham and I was doing the social work on an evening, unpaid, and I really enjoyed it. And from there on, i come out of Fulham. I trialled at a few clubs. I played a few games. I went to Basingstoke. I went to Billericay. Anyone who wanted a goalkeeper at the time, I was your man. Yeah. I wanted to play. Yeah. 
And then Yeovil saw me at the last game I played in a reserve game at Fulham. Uh, manager was Steve Rutter. Steve came down. Uh, well, he rang me up and asked me if I'd go down there over the Christmas period. Went down over the Christmas period and the rest was history. So I had the job with the social work and I combined that with, with Yeovil. Yeah. It would have been a busy period for you then, that. It was. I mean, they, the, the Yeovil was a fantastic club at the time. It was run by Chairman Brian Moore, passed away now, obviously, unfortunately. Um, and um, he arranged everything around me. So we actually got, I actually got my own goalkeeping coach at non-league. No yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Len Bond. Len Bond was mag- magnificent for me. Yeah. Um, he... Um, he would come in on a Thursday. I would try. I would go to training on a Thursday morning. I'd get in for half past ten, do my work with him, and then go to work straight to, back to work. And then I worked at twelve o'clock at that night. But the thing is, I had my buzz in the day, so I could cope with the kids of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kids were brilliant. Yeah, you know, we we uh, I ended up going into the PE department um, with another guy called Malcolm Frame, who I'm actually working with now no at, at Southampton. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a social worker. Uh, he's a psychologist now. Yeah. But he was obviously a residential social worker as well. So yeah. we had a great time. It yeah. was a good period in my life in terms of developing another skill set in terms yeah. of psychology, uh, but also working with kids that needed your help. Yeah. And um, Hugely rewarding as well, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because years later, I was walking through Basingstoke Town Centre, my hometown at the moment, and um, this lovely Indian kid come and picked me up. He was must have been... He was only small at the time. His name's Kadir Ali. I always remember. I always remember the names. But he 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 come running up to me. And went, sir, sir, sir. And I looked. And my wife was with me. She went. And he just picked me up. He went. How are you? And I went. I'm sorry. I don't remember you. So he went. Kadir Ali. Kadir Ali was six foot five and like a man mountain. No yeah. way. Yeah. So that was a special moment. Yeah. A, there's always moments in your life where you think. Do you know what? Yeah, it and means then, a lot, that yeah, one. Yeah, and he was a car... He worked in a car showroom over at... Opposite the Medeski Stadium in Reading. And he'd had a life. He'd, he'd got children. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Absolutely great. I love it. That's amazing. Right, yeah. uh, obviously, before we get into your coaching and that, I'm going to do the okay. quiz. Uh, oh, wow. Goalie or no goalie. I uh, could fail at this. <laughs> yeah. So I've got five current international goalkeepers. Okay. Uh, and five made-up names or famous people from around the world. Okay. And it's one point for each correct My answer. My name ain't in there, is it? <laughs> I said current international current. goalkeepers. I know you said you still want to play, but... <laughs> you ready? Go on, then. Right, goalie or no goalie. Okay. Right, number one, Frederick Oosterlitz. Let's see how good you are with names. You said wow. you're good with names. Yeah, but, yeah, you're going dodgy names. <laughs> uh, not a goalkeeper. He is not a goalkeeper. He is Fred Astaire. Oh, famous dancer. Wow. wow. Yeah. Frederick... Oosterlitz. Wow. Yeah? I'd heard the name, but uh, yeah, it weren't a, I knew it weren't a goalkeeper, but yeah, I didn't no. know it was Fred Astaire. Good guess anyway, great yeah. guess. Okay. Right, number two, Declan McManus. Goalkeeper. He is not a goalkeeper, it's Elvis Costello. <laughs> and the attractions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, okay. Declan McManus. Okay. Could have been a Scottish name, surely. That. That's what I actually thought. Mm. Or it could have been an Irish name. An Irish name, yeah. Yeah. Right, number three, Anthony Morris. Goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper. He's the Luxembourg goalkeeper. Right, yeah. I couldn't he, think where I'd seen, yeah. Yeah? I reckon you're good at all your knowledge for goalies, aren't you? I'm not bad, but yeah. The You've written that many match reports. Especially on you. <laughs> Some terrible ones on me. <laughs> right, number four, Georgios Panitiel. Pana 
Yioto. Butchering that. Georgios. Panayotu. <laughs> I'm still Do you want to borrow my teeth? I, I just do, had yeah. a new one put in. <laughs> um, I'd actually go goalkeeper on that. Uh, if my pronunciation was better, you might have known it's George Michael's real name. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah, okay. I have no idea how to pronounce that either. P-A-N-A-Y-I-O-T-O-U. Yeah. Right, number five. Go on. Oliver Dovin. Not a goalkeeper. He is a goal. He's oh. a Swedish international goalkeeper. Oh, wow. One of them. Wow. <laughs> right, number six, Carl Valner. Goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper. He is the Estonia goalkeeper. Levadia. Yeah. yeah. Goalkeeper. I think Marty Poom works with him. I'm yeah. sure Marty works yeah. with him. Yeah. Is it? He works with the international team. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he does, yeah, yeah. Estonia. Mark Poom. You once threw a punch at me in training. Did he? Yeah, it's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good story. He was doing crossing practice, like you're saying, and he, he came and smashed me once, and I was a wily little kid from Croydon, weren't I? So, like, he, he hit me a couple of times, and then so I was like, right, I'll get my own back. So he went in in goal, uh, first cross. I've got up. I've headed the ball straight in the goal, but I've wiped him out. Okay. Uh, obviously, he was a first-team goalie. I shouldn't have done it at the time. He got up and tried to swing for me, and Jerry Payton's running after me, going, get in, got to go in. I said, I've scored a goal. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, didn't we? <laughs> Shouldn't have really done it. He was a first-team goal at the time. There's right. some good stories about him, by the way, Mike. Oh, it's one of the fittest guys I know. I've ever seen yeah, in the gym. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. He's carved Port, out of stone. Portsmouth have got some great stories on him. Have they, yeah. Uh... I'll tell them after. Right. <laughs> Number seven, Marlon Lacona. Marlon Lacona is not a goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper. Oh, He's a Honduras goalkeeper. God. Okay. I'm having three more to go. You're not having one. It's all right. It's a tough quiz. I told you. All the names Ooh, are meant wow. to sound like goalies. Just looking at the picture. Yeah. Right. Number eight, Robert Zimmerman. Goalkeeper. He's not. He's Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. What? Zimmerman. <laughs> oh, God. I told you. It's a trick. All the names are meant. You can imagine Zimmerman written on the back of a shirt, can't yeah, you? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Number nine, Georgie Marmadashvili. That's a great pronunciation for that one. That's not bad for you, mate. With your teeth in With as well. With my teeth as well. Uh, I'll go, not a goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper. He's oh, a Georgia, he plays for Valencia. He's a Valencia first choice goalie, but plays for Georgia. Come on, you can get the last one. Okay, go on. <laughs> Number 10, David Jones. David Jones is not a goalkeeper. He's not a goalkeeper. David Bowie. David Bowie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just throwing yeah. some nice like musical ones in there for yeah, you. Getting your man yeah. that loves your music. My, yeah, I do love my music. My era. Fred Astaire, I can imagine you liking Elvis Costello, yeah. George Michael, Bob Dylan, David Bowie. George Michael, yeah, but you didn't pronounce that. You should give me that. Yeah, <laughs> George Michael. <laughs> I'll let you have a look and see if you can pronounce it <laughs> with your teeth. <laughs> Let's take mine out. Yeah, right. Uh, I want to go back to like when you initially got into coaching and stuff like yeah. that. Obviously. Uh, with Southampton, weren't it, mm -hmm. originally? Yeah, yeah. When did that transition happen? Obviously, like you're saying, from teaching, part-time playing. I um, I was 37. I was coming to the end. I played non-league for quite a long time. I played for Yeovil, Gloucester, period at Gloucester. Um, Salisbury was my last club. And I just felt... I, I actually went to Salisbury as like a, a number two, really, and I'd accepted that a uh, lad called Jason Matthews was going to play in front of me. Young lad, good lad, played in the league as well. So I went uh, in to help him out um, and help the younger goalkeepers out. So 
and then sit on the bench because obviously substitutes, goalkeepers were yeah. around then. Um, so I did that um, and I started doing my licences. I did my licences through the PFA, um, through the school. I got, um, I've not only got that, I've got gymnastics. I did gymnastics for 10, 15 years as a kid growing up. Um, but I, I did all my bits and pieces, uh, lawn tennis, everything. Yeah. Get as many qualifications. And then um, Steve Rutter uh, was at the PFA, recommended me to John Sainty. Um, John Sainty was the academy director. I had a quick interview with him. John was a lovely man, passed away, unfortunately. Um, but I, I had great, re he just brought me in. And um, that's how I got started. I went into the academy in 96, 97 season. So I was like combining uh, social work, finished the playing with with coaching of an evening. So it was like two two evenings a week. The weekends at, at the school I got off because the kids were five-day boarders. So we got two days. So Saturday and Sunday was spent. I never saw my wife. But, <laughs> um, it was spent really around football. Yeah. Um, so it was like watch the go to the 18s, watch the, the kids in the morning on the Sunday really. Yeah. Southampton have really, obviously, over the years as well, famously had an unbelievable academy mm. and produced some incredible players. Obviously, yeah. we were talking off air. Uh, we could obviously bring up some of those names yeah. of, of like yeah. my the youth cup, uh, FA youth cup, like the teams that we used to play against. Obviously, it was Leon Best, Dexter Blackstock, yeah. Gareth Bale, yeah. Field Walcott, Andrew Sermon, Mike yeah. Craney. Uh, Nathan Dyer. Nathan Dyer. Like the, yeah, Michael Polk, Ale uh, Andrew, Andrew McNeil. The standard was just incredible, yeah. and that was yeah. just my age group. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, Southampton are doing that now. I mean, obviously, they brought me back for whatever reason, but Andrew Sermon's just joined us. Remember yeah. Andrew Sermon? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, he's just joined the 18s, and we've got Ollie Lancashire there. Yeah. So we've got a few faces that um, are still and I think that's good. I think it's good for the club because... We've got a wall of fame, really, in the um, in the restaurant. Must be a big wall. It is a big wall, and there's some good names in there. Yeah, you know, um, and I think I think the kids should sort of rise to that challenge, really, because they're the next lot to come through. Yeah. Um, but we did really well with like youth cups and yeah, you did, yeah. And that. And it's just the production of players that actually made yeah. it into your first team was yeah. probably percentage-wise one of the highest in in England at the time. Yeah. Yeah, you produced a hell of a lot of players. I mean, we had a good up. academy. We had obviously John Sainty started it, and then we had um, Hugh Jennings come in, uh, who's now at Fulham with Steve Wigley. Um, Malcolm Elias was the scout that brought all these kids in. He, I mean, he had a great eye for talent, and uh, he was always getting me to go to certain places to look at goalkeepers. Yeah. And then we had Terry Cooper, who was the European scout. Yeah. He would operate, you know, all over Europe. So. I was never, I was, it, it was never a standstill club. Yeah. It was always a going club and I always had to do more than the average bear because we, I, we were always looking for goalkeepers, yeah. you know, to better ourselves really, yeah. better the club. Yeah. Obviously, the, and you made the step up to the first team as well and you worked with some, some yeah. unbelievable goalkeepers. Obviously. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned Anthony Amy and yeah. stuff like that. And um, I was lucky enough that uh, Dave Jones at the time, Jerry Payton was actually my boss. Yeah. So Jerry left to go to, he went to uh, Sweden uh, with Stuart Baxter and the job became available. Dave Jones was then the manager. He'd come down and watched me coach and he said to me, what's your availability uh, in Easter? So I said, well, I'm off because of the school. Would you come in and coach your goalkeepers? So I said, yeah, why not? So he said, listen, Paul Jones, Neil Moss, 
Alan Blaney, um, uh, and Scotty Bevan. Yeah. Would you like to coach them? I said, yeah. So he said, if Jonah likes you, he said, you're in. You're in. Yeah. And I got on well with Jonah. And um, so I was in. And then I was only like part time then because I was still doing schoolwork. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, if I throw that in now and I get, you know, it's a cutthroat world yeah, football, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So uh, I thought, I'll keep that going, keep that going, keep that going. So it was like, I'm, I was never at home. It was like Imagine hectic. Um, but we, we got through that. And then we ended up, um, Glenn Hoddle come in as manager. David moved on. He obviously got sacked. And um, Glenn said to me, where was you Saturday? And I went, well, I was working. <laughs> so he went, you either come in full-time or, or not at all. And I went, right, I'll go full-time. You probably needed someone to tell, ask you that. Yeah, it was good for me, Glenn. Yeah, 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 he just went to me, go and see, it was Rupert Lowe was chairman at the time. He said, I've arranged a meeting with you and Rupert. Go and have a chat with him. Yeah. Rupert said, there's your contact, sign it or go. And I just signed it. So that was it. <laughs> no negotiation. Yeah. Then. It was just... Yeah, no negotiations. Yeah. It was signed and I was happy to sign it. Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's still... But a... I was doing top to bottom. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he got his money's worth out of me. I was yeah. doing first team uh, Monday in the evenings. I was coaching the um, school kids. Then Tuesday, I was out all day because I had the academy in the evening. Wednesday was a day off and then Thursday was double shift all day long and then Friday was either travel away but I was dealing from from nines right the way through to the first team yeah. so I had Clanche Blanche on everything yeah wow so which was good for me because I knew what was coming through at one time and I could pick and choose yep. and I knew my left hand to my right hand yep. I knew who I could move out and etc etc it just went on and on yep. so yeah it was good times and then time. obviously working with Harry Redknapp as well yeah yeah, Harry. I've had Harry twice. Yeah, um, I was going to say about you following it. To, you went well, to Portsmouth to the rivals with him. Well, it's a funny story because I actually got, I was doing, I got doing my deal to go out of Southampton uh, with Rupert Lowe, uh, uh, George Burley coming with Malcolm Webster. Fine, no problem with that. And on the way down to do my deal to go out, I was picking up Mike Morris, PFA rep. He was going to help me to sort my money out yep. and everything which you, everyone does everyone does yeah everyone does and um, I got a call from Harry he said to me what are you doing so I said I'm just going to go do my deal he said well after you've done that he said send Mike Morris down to me with you and we'll do a deal for you to come Amazing. into Portsmouth uh, I've just got rid of my goalkeeping coach he's going back to France yeah so it, it, it couldn't have landed any, any better, better yeah. than what it did so yeah. but um, go and then obviously going into Portsmouth was, we were struggling yeah. down the bottom and we managed to turn it around and you've had one of those goalkeepers on who turned it around for yeah, us. Yeah, big as me, yeah. No, 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 Dean Kiley. Dean Kiley, of Dean course, Kiley yeah. Dean turned it around for us. Yeah. Wow. He, well, we took him. Harry weren't happy with what we had in the building at yep. the time. Um, and he said, I want a goalkeeper. I want someone that's going to save us. And I said, Dean Kiley will do that. And yep. Dean was out of favour at Charlton. Yeah, same in. goalie for Charlton as well. Wow. Wow. You talk about our follies. We talked about yeah, our follies. Our follies. Oh, my. Beauty. Wow. But he actually, he had, we played at Chelsea one year and Harry turned around to me and says, why does he keep shouting sorry? So I said, well, watch. And he went, he'd get the ball and he'd half it into whoever it was. Straight into the ben chest John, or someone. Straight into the chest and he'd go, sorry. <laughs> wow. Like everyone would look. Yeah. And he well, tell him to stop saying sorry. No, 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 he's enjoying he's it. He's enjoying himself. We won 4-2 yeah. that day. Did you? Yeah. And that was in our like year where we were struggling. Yeah, he was magnificent. Yeah, best money I've ever spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hundred fifty thousand for a goalkeeper that kept you up. 
God, man, yeah. When you put it like that yeah. into context, In yeah. the Premier League? Yeah. 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 Uh, I want to talk a bit then, obviously, working with J-Mo. Yeah, j come after Dean. Dean moved on to Pastures and Newton. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you the story. Obviously, I spoke to you on the phone about this first, my first uh, story with J-Mo. Uh, I remember being a young pup, obviously going to watch Arsenal first team at Highbury. And uh, I remember sitting in the stand that day and I always used to watch the opposition keeper warm up and uh, just to learn something. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first 15 minutes of J-Mo's warm-up, he didn't touch a ball, but he pretended that he had caught every cross, he'd kicked every goal kick. Yeah. And like I remember watching him walk around and he was obviously doing visualisation work. And it was like 10, 15 minutes long and it blew my mind. I was like, mm. what is he doing? And it was, it, at first I was like, it was a bit comedy because yeah. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. And then when I started watching him do crosses and he was without sorting his, ball. without the ball and he was sorting his footwork out, he was attacking the, the ball at the highest point. Mm. And then he was then thinking about his next steps of distribution. I was like, just like, I'd never seen visualisation done before in real life. And yeah. It was eye opening for me. I think it was before his time. He used to do it in the change room. So he used to take a ball in the shower, bounce the ball up a room, up up the wall. Um, he'd have his own personal space and then he'd come out and he'd do his visualisation. He used to do that after the warm-up, um, but he would do it in training as well. So if something went wrong, he would walk away. But he came with um, he came with Keith Power. Keith Power's, I think he's in America now, so right. he had his own personal um, psychologist, which was great. And Keith would come to me and he'd show me his plan and what he'd devised and if there was anything wrong. So I'd have weekly meetings, uh, which was great because there was only one meeting. Yeah. It weren't like now. We yeah, had yeah. thousands of meetings. Um, and we would talk about J-Mo. Uh, or he'd ring me, he'd say, I'm away, I'm going to give you a call, which was great. How's uh, J-Mo doing? But his visualisation, yeah, he'd, he'd carry that into training. He'd take it into games. Such a personality. Yeah. Yeah, he could he could change a changing room, um, and he would always do his um, analyst work on on the Monday. He'd walk in the room, and if he'd have a bad game, he would just sit down and go through absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to know the, the ins and outs of everything. Yeah, he's just a, a very serious guy, and I bumped into him. We, I, I did the like I said to you, I did the one and only thing with him, and he still trains. The same way. He's, he's in his 50s now. Yeah. But he said to me, Colsey, you put on a session for me like we used to do. And he was walking away and he was he was talking to himself. He was um, doing his self-talk and he was coming back in. Hands are not quite right. This is not quite right. My knee's not working today, blah, blah, blah. And he was going on and on. As if he was still in still that in moment. That me- yeah, yeah, still yeah. in that moment. In the moment is a great saying because yeah. that's what he used to put himself in yeah. the moment uh, on his visualisation. Yeah. It's a big thing in the moment, I think. Yeah. Um, the moment's in the game. Also, uh, I wanted to say about him as a, a specimen as well, physical oh, wow. specimen. Wow. Because yeah. obviously, like I say, being a young goalkeeper, you're impressionable. I remember the picture of him training with England where they're all running and he's got his shirt off. And he, he was like a, like a Greek Adonis. He was, he was huge. Yeah. And he, he was more ripped than any of the outfield players. Yeah. Like his muscles were like bigger than anything you'd ever they see. They stand to attention, his muscles. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, it like... It, I'm not before that we'd all seen like the likes of Big Nev and yeah, like, the goalies. Yeah, physiques had changed. Changed. Jamo changed it. Yeah, Jens Lehmann was a f- 
Yeah, a big unbelievable unit. Unbelievable flexible yeah. as well. Yeah. He works a lot on stretching and but yeah. Mark Poom was again another. I can bring keeper. another one into that. Robert Green was the same. Yeah, Greeny, yeah. Greeny, unbelievable physique. Yeah. He used yeah. to train in just Under Armour. Like, yeah, that's it. And like, yeah. you could see he was obviously Ripped. in an unbelievable yeah. condition. Yeah. Like, the, do you think these sort of goalkeepers steered the way then? I think so, yeah. I think they changed the dynamics. Yeah. More athletic. Yeah. I mean, going back to you, you, your David James being ripped, I remember doing a pre-season. I used to take pre-season with him, the running and stuff. And him, and then I had, obviously, Asmira, Jamie Ashdown, um, another lad called John Stewart, yeah. who played at Burnley, yeah. played at Bournemouth. Good keeper, massive lad, um, but Asmir was unbelievable runner, and was so he? was Jamo. Yeah, preseason for me was like these two competing against each other. Yeah, it was incredible. To two watch. huge specimens of people. Yeah, units, they? Yeah, real units. units. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when Asmir come on the the scene, Jamo just upped his game again. Did he? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, he just went to another level. Yeah. I mean, uh, you've obviously had Asmir on. But yeah. Yeah, he he um he just went to a different level. Yeah. His consistency was very, very good at Portsmouth, and I thought I thought he was a great addition at the time for Asmir to yeah. come through. Um, yeah. And then I bought Niamey in. Yeah. Niamey came to us as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I bought him in for a reason to get Asmir out. Um, he took the role. Yep. But Niamey at um, Niamey at Southampton was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. I, I uh, honestly, on my hand on my heart, I can actually say. You only had, ever had one bad game. Wow. And I, I've never ever said that about anyone, but yeah. I remember we played away at Portsmouth and he had a terrible game and he knows it because he <laughs> rang me about 15 <laughs> seconds after it, after I got off the coach. Yeah. And he just wanted to talk. Why has it gone wrong, you know? Yeah. And he was another one, yeah. but, but he's different mentality to David. Yep. Massive, massive trainer would work, but he, he'd train with a smile. Did he? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We had He's so much fun. Incredible in his six yard box. Like yeah. his shot stopping capabilities were just was footwork. Just, yeah. Work. Joke. Yeah. Absolute joke. Yeah. And he was, you know, you go back to the goalkeepers, the different sizes, the different beast inside them, really, because I, I think we're all beasts. Yeah. Um, when I look at Niami in goal, he was so unorthodox that he would keep the ball out in the net. You couldn't teach what Niami had. Yep. So you just let him get on with it and just try and educate him in different things. Catching the ball, obviously, was a big thing because yep. he was very much a palmer, parrier, yep. whatever you want to call yep. it. Whereas David James always wanted to catch, 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 catch. Yep. So, yeah, two different goalkeepers, two different animals, but unbelievable mentality, yep. both of them. Uh, and then, obviously, Harry moves on, goes to Tottenham. You have the, I think you had the chance to join him, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I needed to stay at Portsmouth. I love Portsmouth. Uh, I could say that because I'm at Southampton now. Um, no, I, I I really enjoyed my time there. Um, Tony Adams, I had Paul Hart and Tony Adams, and then Avram Grant. Avram Grant, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I I really enjoyed Tony. Was great company. Um, he was a good, good coach. Um, obviously, didn't want to stick at it for too long. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, Tony said, I don't want you to go. And I said, no, I'm not going. I'll stay with you. No yeah. problem. Um, I'm quite loyal uh, as a person. Yeah. In terms of like the, the football side of it is is important for me. And if I think back to all the clubs that I've had, like coaching, if they didn't want to get rid of me or if the new manager hadn't wanted, because that's what happens in football. Yeah. You have to accept it. It's hard to accept sometimes. Yeah. I, I, Southampton was my club at the time. I didn't accept it that well. But when I went to Portsmouth, um, and then they obviously they went into administration. I yep. had to leave. Yep. 
Um, but I've all, I've always wanted to to go back there. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, Tottenham came up and I weren't leaving. Yeah. I weren't leaving. But obviously, then when you're saying about uh, Portsmouth going into administration and then you followed yeah. Avram to West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Avram said to me, Would you come with me? And I said, Yes. Um, and then obviously, Robert Green had just come back off of World Cup. Yep. Um, and David James had taken his place, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. So I had that to pick up with. I can imagine that they were fierce competitors against each other. Yeah. 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 I can yeah. imagine that you would have had to have micromanaged a lot of personality there. Yeah, I think, I think you, yeah. You, uh, the one thing I do is trying to try to get to know people. Yes. So like that's the most I, important thing. You're, I, I a think so. Coach is the biggest psychologist at yeah, the club. I think so. Yeah, I really do. Um, I had to get to know David. I had to get to know Anty. I'm out, I remember two two occasions when I come in with Anty. I had a, I used to wear a gold chain, and Anty <laughs> said to me. <laughs> What you got the chain on for? And I won't tell you what he called me because I can't say it on it. <laughs> and then J-Mo, um, he was doing some filming for Sky one day and I love pink. That's why I wore a pink T-shirt today. So J-Mo, if, if you watch this, I'm wearing the pink T-shirt again. I I love pink. I love it as a colour. So I walked in a pink T-shirt. J-Mo said to me, just got off a boat, haven't you? And I went, what do you mean? He says, You've been to Ibiza or somewhere, haven't you? <laughs> so I went, no. Uh, like, and I, 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 he was, I was, it was on camera, and I just swallowed my pride and walked in. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's uh, big personalities. Yeah, I love personalities, and yeah, getting to know them, their family orientation, where they got children. We had an episode with Auntie at Southampton where he came in. Gordon Strachan was the manager. He went to me, "What's up with him today?" And I went, "He's been up all night, Gaffer." I said, "He's." Um, his young boy Matthias at the time was ill, and Ellie, his wife, were, were looking after. So I said, "So he's had a bit." He said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I'll send him home." And he went, "Good idea, send him home then." And I just sent him home. I said, "Answer your feet, go." I said, "You're done." Better for you to be at home, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're too tired. You can't work. Yeah. Your body's not in cohesion with your your brain today. Just yeah. go home. Yeah. Uh, but that's when I, I go back to that. That's when goalkeeping coaches were in control. They could yes. see that type of thing. Nowadays, I don't think it's that way. I think there's so many meetings and so many plans of putting in place. I, say, I was sometimes wonder whether the goalkeeper goes out with a cloud in, in his head rather right, okay. than the vision of what he's got to do, yep. which is keep goal. Yep. Do you think the sports, uh, the sports scientists have a big yeah, massive with what goalkeepers do? Yeah. Because I remember when I started out, the loading thing wasn't an issue. No. We would do pendulums till the cows came home. Yeah. We would get hundreds of dives in per session. And now it's obviously, it's changed. Uh, and you look back at it and you go, well, that was, that that drove standards and fitness. And people, like, I had that coach like Jim Layton that never, we did pendulums every day. And yeah. I thought we, were, we constantly just, he drilled it home to us. What a great word. Standards. Yeah. Yeah. I think, as goalkeepers, I mean, I know that I used to work, I was a fruitcake. I would do anything to um, to improve me. So when I was at all the shop, um, I trained with Paradepo. Didn't do all the jumps and everything that they did, but I, I trained with them because I wanted to be f as fit as I possible. I think fit goalkeepers like, make less mistakes. Yep. I think their mind's in tone with their body. And I got fit, 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 fit. And I had a great year, played 55 games, missed one game. Um and went on from there. And I, and I constantly keep on about standards, even today. I think standards of fitness, the way you look, the way you hold yourself, the way you walk, 
lucky I went into uh, I bring up another goal cut, but Frankie Fielding. I was going to bring up Frankie. Yeah, anyway. Frankie, lo- loveliest man, but he used to walk sort of hunched over a little bit. And I said to him, Frankie, I said, Does it rain in Black- Blackburn? And he <laughs> went to me, Yes. I said, Because you're looking as though you're waiting for the rain. I said, You're down in the south now. And I said, This is a press button. And I pushed his chest and his shoulders come out. And he went, Quite like that, coach. But Frankie's, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, some of these things are, for me, are, are psychological. So yeah. I look at a goalkeeper and I think, what can I improve first? Is it his character? Is it personality? Is it technical? Is it tactical? Is it social? Is it psychological? Is it fitness? Is it physical? I go on and on. Yeah. Um, at Southampton, they laugh at me. I write diaries every day. I'm still a writer. <laughs> and um, it's all about my goalkeepers. It's never about me because I think my goalkeepers are what I'm judged on. Yep. I have a saying, smart off the field, smart on it. Because I think if you're smart off the field, um, you can put things right very quickly on it. And I think that's been my big thing throughout my career. I learned yeah. at an early age. Yeah. Uh, going back to Frankie as well, I just because I, I remember playing against Frankie a lot. What a keeper. Yeah. What a keeper. And Bristol, over that period, I always felt like kept signing other keepers to replace Frankie. And Frankie was he that did. good. That he never lost his place and he just kept on grinding away and he'd get back in the team and then he'd just prove himself all over again. And it was just like a, a recycle button, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like, yeah. and I, I just remember like there were so many keepers in that period that were yeah. trying to take Frankie's place and went there and be back out the door within a few months because they just couldn't displace him. No. I went there with, uh, uh, come back from uh, Abu Dhabi, so I worked yeah. obviously Al yeah, Jazeera, yeah. That must have been an experience. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience, to be fair. Um, but I'm, I'm jumping the ship, really, yeah. here. You're asking the questions, and yes. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going overboard. Yeah. Um, Bristol City, I walked in the door there. Elliot Parrish. Yes. Elliot and Frankie Fielding. Um, Cots weren't sure about either. Steve Cottrell. Um, and by the way, I am honest. I, I told them that, and they brought in Simon Moore. Simon yes. come in, done really, really well. Yeah. Um, so that was my chance to work with Simon again and apologise for listening. <laughs> for, yeah, for making uh, him cry uh, all those yeah, years ago. 12, yeah. <laughs> oh, I dread that. I hate that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Simon went back. I think Cots tried to get him back. It didn't happen. Elliot moved on and we had Dave Richards and Frankie Fielding. We went to Botswana, which is a place that no one ever goes for pre-season. What a pre-season it was. It was unbelievable. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, we played two games. It did kick off out there. Um, we had a game where we won and uh, Carl, uh, Carly Osborne got mullered by someone and the whole lads all stuck together and it was incredible. And I thought, do you know what? We've got a real team here, a yeah. real team. And we came back and Frankie started the season. He never missed a game. Yeah. He was outstanding. Yeah. We, got, we played away at Peterborough. We had a man sent off in the first... 10 minutes of the game and we won 3-0 and he was incredible. Yeah. He made save after save after save. And you talk about physics, he wasn't the biggest. No, he weren't, no. But he gave me his all. Yes. Uh, I took the gym sessions, I took all his, his yeah, 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 yeah. I took all his S&C. I did that. Um, Steve Cottrell said to me, do you think they're doing enough? And I went, not enough of what I want. Yep. He said, you take them then. That's what he said to me. Your department, really, your department. Your department, you deal with it. And Reese Carr was the fitness coach. And I said to Reese, I'm going to take over. And he went, okay. So he looked at me and I went, Cotts is all right. So that was it. Then. We did it my way. Um, 
good good song that not by Fred Astaire. <laughs> um, and we just cracked on with it. Yeah. And Frankie got fitter and fitter. He made less mistakes than yeah. anyone in that league at the time. And there were some good goalkeepers. Yes, in that league. Um, and we won it. We won yeah. it. We won the paint trophy. And um, Dave Richards never got a look in. He left that year. Um, we had Ben Aimer come in yeah. uh, for Frankie when he was injured. We had Nicky Mayempa. Yeah. What a goalkeeper he was, yeah. by the way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we we took a session one day, and Mervyn Day was with us at Bristol City. He went to me, which foot, foot does he kick off? I went, no. I ain't got a yeah, clue. Yeah, no one knows. He's got I ain't both. Got a clue. He's got both, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we had um, we had Fabian Giefer from Germany come in yeah. uh, from Stuttgart. Uh, but Frankie just kept displacing them. Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. He wouldn't He wouldn't lie down. Yeah. He wanted his place back. Yeah. That's some character, that. That's amazing, yeah. They yeah. took it personally almost uh, every time. I like that. Yeah, amazing. I like, yeah. I like that. I still speak to Frankie today. Yeah. It'd be a great one to get on here. Yeah. Absolutely oh. fantastic. Frankie, if you're listening, get on, mate. Yeah, We Frankie. have spoken to him before about coming on. He's just trying to get on. Like, Well, David James would be good for yeah. you as well. Amazing, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll push that one. Yeah, please do. Right. I, I, obviously, uh, I wanted to go back to the UAE and India, just mm. briefly about the coaching abroad and the the standards of goalkeeping abroad mm -hmm. in comparison to the obviously the UK mm. it must be eye opening yeah it is yeah um UAE was i was out there for two and a half years with a club called Al Jazeera um they had a lad called Ali Kasif who was the number 1 for the UAE um they had a lad called Khalid Sanani who was the number 2 and they had a, a um another lad Called Khalid, Khalid Issa, um, who's now still Khalid Issa, Khalid Sanani, Ali still playing. Yeah, all this year. You're gonna know. get them wrote down for goalie or no yeah. goalie next time. Yeah, they're not bad, <laughs> are they? I, I, I can it's pronounce good. them as well. Pronounce them, yeah. We had two young lads, Al Shabibi and Khalifa. Yeah, who were good. Uh, there's another lad who, who's now playing for Elaine as well. Um, but the standard goalkeeping, they they just wanted to be coached. Okay, they they loved the coaching. Yeah. They loved where I'd come from. Obviously, Premier League. I was lucky to to coach there for eleven years. Yeah. Um, but they enjoyed everything we did. Um, we did some boxing with them. I've got some great pictures. I'll show you after of boxing. Uh, I'm into the boxing stuff. I think it's good for the cold nation. Ed and I. Um, they thought I was off the wall. They thought I was crazy. You probably uh, are. Yeah, I am definitely <laughs> definitely crazy. Yeah. Um, but the stand of goalkeeping, Ali was was fantastic. Um, and then we had Kalidisa. Ali was out, um, and I had the choice between the two and the three. Brought Kalidisa in, and then the following season they sold him to Elaine for something like two, two point something million. No way, amazing. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we did really well with the goalkeepers yeah. out there. But the standard, I thought, was very, very good. Ali's a, a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so was Kalidisa. Uh, Khalid Sanani played, yeah, I think he ended up in somewhere like uh, Daffra or somewhere like that, playing. Mm -hmm. But the facilities were brilliant. Were they, the the yeah. club was lovely. Yeah, it was a good, and there was English people there. I went with a physio called Nick Worth. Um, the analyst was from England as well. So, so you had a good yeah, little yeah, yeah. I, I had people. I yeah. could, but everyone speaks English now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you know. And um, I worked with some nice people. Again, I had one, two, three, three managers, uh, four managers, and then Walter Zenger came in. And he said that that was my time up. Yeah. He was bringing who he wanted. So yeah. I had it back. Then I went to Bristol City. Yeah. India, I've only just really came back from. Yes. Yeah. I had um, 
seven months out there um, in the uh, Indian Super League. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Different culture, different everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a meat eater, so I, I struggled. Yeah. I must admit, I dropped weight um, by about half a stone. No way. Yeah. 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 Struggle really with the food out there. Yeah. And what about the standard of football? Um, well, where, where do you want me to begin? Yeah, and the pitches yeah, as well. The pitches, and... yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah, horrendous. Yeah. Um, facilities were nice where we were in terms of training. It was in COVID as well. Yes. So um, being banged up in a room for 32 days yeah. on your own is quite depressing. Yeah. One of my mates, uh, Adam Lafondre, was out there during that's right. that period. Yeah. yeah. So, and he was literally living in a hotel room. Yeah. And he had like... A, a computer, he had a putting mat, he had everything, a bike on his balcony. Yeah, I did too, yeah. yeah. I had weights. Um, I even jumped over the balcony and done some pull-ups on the thing and I was... Uh, Don't and try this at home, by the way. <laughs> and then when I, got, when I got out, I mean, uh, the manager was Des Buckingham. Des is at Oxford United yes. now. So um, he texted me a couple of weeks ago. He said, I still have visions of you on the... We had like a... It, it was a hotel, so obviously they'd sort of commandeered it. And it was ours for that amount of period of yep. time. So um, they had the swinging and slides and everything. And every day I'd get my TRX, do it up, <laughs> do the pull-ups on the TRX, and then I'd do whatever I needed to do. And he said, I always remember watching you outside my bedroom window, upside down most of the time. <laughs> he said, you're absolutely crazy. But, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a, a strange period in my life, put it that way. Yeah. Uh, would I do it again? No. No, no, unfortunately. But the standard of the goalkeeping, I had Perbella Chempa, um, who's international now. Yeah, he's got in the Indian squad. Um, good kid, works hard, loved it. Um, in fact, he st he still texts me. Uh, Mohammed Navaz, um, another good lad, and Vikram Singh. I had so I had three keepers. Yeah, um, all worked hard, all wanted to learn, all wanted to get better. Um, you mentioned about your time at um, Arsenal about driving sessions. You know, that's that's me. Yeah, I like to drive them. I like to, not to be in control of them, but to drive them and drive standards. Yep. And with, I think that is how I that. If you said to me what was the one attribute you give, it's that it's driving people yep. to be better. Do you, do you, obviously I want to take it to your role now then at Southampton. Yeah. Do you find that difficult now managing obviously? younger people uh, and like academy age group players but also trying to develop their characters yeah I think I do well I say I do I do and I don't I'm trying to get into people's heads all the time and that's something that I've always done as a person um, I think at the moment I think the world's a funny place um, different um, standards in terms of like what you can do what you can't do in academies whereas before as I said I can't yep. plant blanche I could do what I wanted to do in terms of improving them not me. Um, but I think when you've got people in, in charge, in your charge uh, at this present time, I think it's, it's, it's difficult to develop personalities when they need to come out of their shells a bit more. Yeah. And because there's a restriction on rules and everything and they have so many meetings. I mean, we had a meeting this week. I put in a question to um, Andy Golding. I said, can we change the education round rather than having it in the morning? I said, because sometimes they're coming out to me and you can see they've got the world on their shoulders. Yeah, they're worried yeah. about exam results and this and that. And first and foremost, they're in a football club. So this is, a, I always find, is a very hard balance to yeah. find is yeah. 
everyone says that every footballer should always think about what happens next or life after football. But when you're so in that moment and so engrossed in football, surely you've got to give everything that you've got to be the best you can be at that job first. I think so. And obviously it's easier now towards the back end of my career to have this going on or like I've done my degree in journalism broadcasting and sort of my coaching badges. You're and not bad. So, but like, <laughs> it's easier as I got older. If you'd have told a 21-year-old me, you're going to do, you've got to do all this in the next few years, I would not have been able to do it because yeah. football was, I, I needed to prove myself, not to anybody else, I needed to prove to myself that I'm going to make it in football. And even mm. I was still thinking that even though while I was playing in a first team, I still didn't think I'd made it. No. And I think that that, I get was that. that that desire. I never played in the Premier League, so I don't. I still go now. Yeah, but you've had a great career. I've Mark. had a number. Yeah, yeah. I've played four hundred yeah. odd games. Yeah. Uh, I know you've I, had a great I was saying career. this to my dad last night. I've had goalkeepers. It's a horrible position. I've been on the bench three hundred and fifty times. Wow. So I've actually could have played seven hundred and fifty games. Wow, but it's a amount. It? It, it's a yeah. huge amount. But obviously, circumstances and situations are not always, and transfers are not always the right things. But no. It, it just goes to show that if you're if you're desired enough and if you've got that passion, it's there for you if you want it, and mm. it's up to you to take it. Yeah, I think passion's a good word, though, Mark. I mean, you've obviously had that because you're still playing at 37. Yeah. In my head, I'm still playing at 59. Exactly. You know, I would never, I would never have wanted to give up. I had to give up because I had to take this opportunity. It was the next yeah. part of my career or my my journey or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. It is 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 tough on these kids now because everyone wants a piece of them. Yes, and I'm saying, well, hang on a minute. Let's let's give them a bit of breathing space. Yeah, uh, you know, somewhere they can go or somewhere they can speak to. I mean, we've got psychologists at the club. Yeah, but um, I yeah I I think driving standards is 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 easy for me as a person because I have my own personal standards, especially when we when we're working. Um, but trying to develop a character when they've got so many other people sort of not interfering, that's not the right word, but having their peace yep. to sometimes legislate for their jobs. Yes. Um, whereas my job is specifically them, give them a career, get yep. them a career, whether it's at Southampton, whether it's at Brighton, whether it's at Stockport, whether it's at... Doncaster Rovers, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone. I think everyone in their life finds their level. Yep. Um, and I think that is a uh, is something that I've always had in my career. You know, you know. I, but my main aim was to play. I just wanted to play. Yeah. And I think sometimes that desire gets taken away with so many other things. Yes. And I think they lose track of why they're at that. Pacific club. Yep. Do you think that you're, well, we'll now see more and more younger players fall out of the game sooner? I've just done that with the PFA. We, I did six day, three day blocks uh, up at the PFA and there was loads of uh, out of contract players. Yep. Um, Shane Bertles took it. It was really, really, really well organised. Yep. Um, I actually brought in a young goalkeeper as well, Latrell um, Jones, Jones, who's just signed for QPR. With oh, no, amazing. So, you know, uh, really proud of that one, um, but yeah, it, it's it's a tough world. It's a tough environment. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's dog eat dog as well. So like, and like you're saying about you're trying to make the goalkeepers the best they can be for whatever they do in mm. life. Yeah, obviously in goalkeeping specifically, yeah. but because it's so eat dog, it's so good to have someone like you in their corner fighting for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always done that. Unfortunately, I've always put my neck on the line. I mean, 
you. I mean, I'll give you an example. Asmir's career, career happened really because of my sort of dogginess attitude to getting him in the team. He was right and ready to go. He went to Macclesfield on loan. He went to Bournemouth on loan. Didn't work out for him at Bournemouth. And then I got him in with my goalkeeping coach, Len Bond at Yeovil. Len really worked with him and I trust in Len because Len trusted me. So, um, yeah, Asmir's career wasn't by chance. It was by me saying, listen, you can have my job yeah. um, because I believe that he was right for that time. Yeah. And he proved me right. Yeah. And so the goalkeeping coach for me has got to be a bit more about him to develop his goalkeepers to get them through the system. Okay, yeah. Rather than just accept that, you know, transfer's coming in, this one's coming in. There's got to be a way that you can manoeuvre people and get them careers, yep. I think, because these kids wouldn't be in where I am now at Southampton if they weren't good enough. Yeah, okay. So yeah. if someone's put their neck on the line, it's now down to me to produce um, the goods yeah. for them or yeah. help them. Uh, uh, Alex Welsh always used to say it to me is uh, he he gets given jewels or trophies he's yeah. just got to polish them yeah that's a great saying I love that and that's all he, he used to say that other people yeah. would bring these things to me and I just polished them yeah. and that's all I was ever trying to do yeah. and I always thought that's a great way of looking at it of coaching young players uh, yeah. and ones that are coming through is just yeah always resonated yeah I, I like that that's a good sign. Still never got any shine out of me, though. Yeah. <laughs> right, hey, wanna, you've had a great I've career, right. like I said. <laughs> yeah. right, I want to get on to one final cool. thing before. Uh, obviously, your release away from football, you've actually brought in a little present today. So, obviously, yeah, you're, you're quite big into your art, and like you said, J-Mo. Oh, yeah, J-Mo, we used to have a whiteboard in the gym at Portsmouth, and uh, if I felt like drawing something, J-Mo would come and add something, and then I'd add something to one of his, and J-Mo's miles better than me. <laughs> He's unbelievable, yeah. drawer. He's an unbelievable artist. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that programme about him once where they took him round a museum and he had to look at art. And right. there was one point where they asked him a question about rubbers, erasers. Yeah, erasers. And, and, and he was fuming. He was like, I think uh, he must have described him as like anti-art. He was like, yeah. why would you draw something and then take it away? It, it was yeah. like, and he had this real rant about erasers and I was in stitches <laughs> and I was like, it was so funny and he he, he he says that he was saying that there is no wrong art. It, no, he was basically saying isn't. every drawing's there for a reason you just got to adapt yeah. it to the right situation. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. I'd, I'm a copier. I, I see things I like and when you gave me the kind offer of coming on and telling people about what I'd done and everything else. I thought, do you know what? I'm looking at the gloves up here and I thought, do you know what? I really like that. Um, so I just thought I'd have a go and I, I thought I captured it quite well. But yeah. obviously, oh, you'll, you'll be I the judge wait, of that. I can't wait to open this now. <laughs> right. So uh, before we finish, okay. I always finish on this question, but what does the goalkeepers union mean to you? It's been my life, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's been, um, it's been an important part of my life and it's still an important part of my life and probably right up until I retire, it'll still be that way. Yeah. It's um, It's been my release in terms of um, playing, coaching and lifestyle. Yeah. You know, um, it's given me so much. So going back to Southampton, I'm trying to give something back, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. Um, you know, I've been at first team for a long time. I wouldn't say no to another job. Um, no, I'm <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a 
good journey and I think the goalkeepers union means an awful lot to me yeah yeah excellent yeah. Oh, what an episode this has been David Cole thank you very much for My coming pleasure. on it's been uh, amazing to speak to you and obviously yeah. have you on as a guest uh, but by the way just before you go you just shook hands and like it's a proper grip <laughs> I'm teaching my kids oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Lee Butler oh wow Lee Butler Shovel Hands Shovel Hands yeah oh, what a guy yeah uh, he is yeah big Jim uh, Rangers goalie oh. yeah I used Jim to Stewart. Shadow. Yeah, Jim Stewart. Jim Stewart. I used to fear shaking their hands before games. Yeah. So, you know, like, it's, it's important. Jim Stewart, I used to refuse to shake his hand before a game when I was in Scotland wow. because his handshake was that strong. You'd walk out, you go, do wow. your lineup, yeah. and you'd be like, my hand hurts. I'm not thinking about the game. It was like an intimidation thing. It's, handshakes are important. Alan Hodgkinson was mine. Yeah. He broke my hand when Did I was 16. Oh. Yeah, he just went, Pfft. don't shake hands with me like that. So, yeah. bless him. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You remember, remember things. Go back to the standards again. That's exactly what we're on yeah. about. Yeah. Excellent. Brilliant. What an episode it's been. Massive thank you to our sponsors, but this is the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Thanks a lot, guys. What a save from Mark Howard. 